Hey guys, welcome back to the uh, Message Recap Podcast right here at Transformation Church. And uh, Justin's not here with us today. He's a... President's Day, took the day off. I'm just kidding. He's at at meetings downtown. Uh, And so, but we wanted to make sure we got on the podcast. And so uh, we talked to Justin. I was like, man, let's get Pastor Rick and Pastor Nan on the podcast. And so uh, introducing my first co-host, Pastor Dan Livingston, founding pastor of TC. So to be here. Hey. 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 And uh, then we got Pastor Rick Rodriguez. Request. Request. And then, as always, seen or heard, not seen, John Sapp. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, coming off a, a great Sunday. Yeah. Sunday was a good Very day, good. man. Powerful day. A lot of, we have just so many, so many things to celebrate right now. Uh, it's been really, really good. And, and uh, you know, Rick oversees all of our teams and groups and all that stuff and set a record for next Ooh. steps this month. Yeah, we did. We, uh, awesome. It's totally insane. Insane. So. We uh, well, how many how many people fin- we finished? Technically, we had twenty nine complete yesterday, but we had thirty six total. Is that right? Is that, yeah, like, thirty six total the first week, and then we had twenty nine people complete next steps total yesterday. Wow, so, that's awesome. Which is really crazy. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> that room was just extremely packed out, but which is good is just there are so many people falling in love with what we do as a church mm-hmm. and more and more you just hear people talk about it's just the vibe yeah. it's it's the atmosphere that 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 you guys are creating here we had a leader pull me aside last week and just said hey man listen tell the whole staff y'all just keep doing what you're doing because mm-hmm. it, apparently it's working and man uh, people's lives are being changed so love that neat. love that yeah, it's, it's amazing because I remember when we first started it, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and we uh, when we learned the whole thing with Grow Track, what we call now Next Steps. And long story short, we uh, when we started it, we took our staff through it first, if you remember, Pastor yep. Brad, and then uh, we took our leaders through it. And then we took our whole congregation through it. And that's when we were running, you know, 150, 200 people in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, it was great. It was packed out. And we had refreshments and food. And then the first month we did it when it was just new people, it was like two, <laughs> one, none, you know. And I felt like we were totally just blowing it, just totally, yeah. you know, missing it. Right. And so um, Church of the Highlands <clears throat> did a Saturday where they just did training on grow track. So we took off up there and I'm feeling like a total failure. And we get in there and one of the leaders talked to me and they kept that down to 20 people or less. And so he is, what's going on? I'm telling him, I'm like, it was great for the first three months. Now it's like disaster. Nobody, you know, we might have one, we might have two. And he starts talking and then he sets in the meeting. He's called me out. I didn't know he was going to do it. And he says, let's use Pastor Dan. He just gave us some statistics. They're having like one, two. And he said, tell us how many you run in your church. And I said, use 150, 200 on a really good Sunday. And so he started giving statistics that if you have 1% of your attendance in Grow Track, you're doing really well. So if you have 200 people and you have two, you're doing really good. He said, if you have uh, 2%, you're knocking it out of the water. Yeah. And he said, if you have 3%, your church is going to totally explode. Mm. And I'm like, I still don't get those numbers. And then he said, let me, I'm saying this because we're watching that fruit now. Right, right, right. He said, every person that comes into your church goes through grow track, what we call next steps, and they get engaged, will bring an average 
of 10 new people to your church their first year. And oh, he wow. said, so if you have a church of 200, let's go midway and go two, two, you know, each time you have two a month that goes through it. Well, that's 24 people times 10. Anything wrong with growing 240 people in your first year? And we're watching that yeah. fruit of that now. When you start talking, having 30, 40 people in next steps, we're seeing the fruit of people going out, finding a two, totally new relationship with Jesus and, and growing in the word, getting in small groups, life change happening, telling their friends, bringing their friends. Mm -hmm. And we're watching the cycle right. repeat itself now. It's, yeah. it's awesome. There was yeah. a girl yesterday. She was so upset because she's only... She's here in Pensacola. She leaves that, I think, April to mm. go back to where she's, man, she's here on business. Oh, yeah. And she was so upset because the, where she wants to work or serve for her, she's like, I want to serve in the children's ministries. But I know there's a process to do that. And by the time I get acclimated to the kids, I'm already leaving. Yeah. So she was like almost in tears. Like, yeah. but she goes, so, you know, I, I have to move away. And I go, why don't you just move back to Pensacola? <laughs> and she goes, I thought about it. Like, yeah. I'm really thinking about moving to this place because of this church. And I'm like, wow. come on, girl, let's go. So wow. no, anyways. I know of two families that have visited that have told us they're moving back to Pensacola from visiting from other states yeah. uh, so that they can be a part of the church. Come on. That's awesome. It blows my mind. Yeah. yeah humbling. Extremely humbling. Extremely yeah, humbling. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, it's crazy. It's a crazy journey, you know, that we're just on right now. We're riding the wave, you know, and uh, that's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just. It's no, a, I mean, put it in thing. perspective. I love what you said, Pastor Brad, in a uh, staff meeting recently, and I've used it talking to other people, even with the revivals that are breaking out across our nation right now, is that you said to the staff a couple of weeks ago, we're not doing anything different than we've done for the last four years. Right. It's just God showed up in a supernatural, sovereign way and has graced us mm -hmm. that we didn't do anything to cause this or earn it. Right. And, and, you know, and I, we're watching God do that. Even at Asbury, you know, the guy got up and preached a normal message and the kids were in a normal worship service. And then God showed up in a supernatural way and nobody did anything to cause God. We can't get that good enough. Yeah. You know, we, we can never do anything to earn that. It's just a, a visitation of God that we're very grateful for. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yes. It's just one of those unique situations, unique seasons. And yeah, I mean, we haven't, we're doing the same thing we've always done. We're doing it pretty much the same way we've always done it. You know, I think we've tightened some screws for sure. sure. You know, like we've, we, you know, we're, we always look for, you know, what we call the lowest slot on the bucket, right? Where, where's the area in our church? You know, we always know there's 28 areas of improvement. What's the one area that if we, if we fix that, it would make the most significant difference. And we're constantly doing that, that, that never changes. And I think that just speaks to, that's a testament to what we are seeing as you just continue to, you know, um, but it's just the process and being super content with the process, being con super content with the journey and knowing we're not going to fix everything at one time, but we're just going to keep on being faithful, you know, and, and same thing we, you know, we talk to leaders about, you know, it's just that a lot of times we think fruitfulness leads to faithfulness. You know, if, if, if God would let me be fruitful, I would be faithful with what he's given me, but faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. Right. You know, you'd be good. faithful with what you've got and then God will trust you with more. But we always want to say, God, give it to me. And I, I promise I'll be faithful, but 
God looks at patterns, not potential, right? right. Like we're talking right. about right. relationships. Yeah, it's like, so we, we be faithful and he makes us fruitful as opposed to praying that he'll let us be fruitful. And then all of a sudden we're going to magically become faithful. You know, it's like people that say, God, if you let me win the lottery, I'll promise I'll tithe. <laughs> it's like, you ain't tithing now. And so he like, he, he, if you, if you won't tithe with a thousand dollars, you're not going to tithe with 36 million. So right. You, right. Know, <laughs> you start doing that math, it's like 3.6 million, you know, it's like, no, nah, if you can't tithe with a hundred dollars, you ain't tithing three. 3.6. So, yeah. so it's just the idea of like being faithful and we've been faithful and, and, but I also know too, you know, while we're kind of just on the subject too, is, you know, we've constantly told our leaders and I think you've heard me say this because you, you, when you first got here is me, you and leaders, that was all it was for the first four months, you know? And, uh, and one of the things we constantly said is like, God won't send, God won't send you more than you're prepared to handle. Right. 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 And it's like, and I think part of this too, is just a testament to you, Rick, uh, in your presence here at TC, which was like, we never had 30 some people in next steps before you got here. But ever since you put your hands on that steering wheel, now God's sending in, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He's sending a harvest through the doors now. Well, why? Cause we have a leader in there, you know, that's prepared to facilitate and has built an amazing team. Your wife also helps lead that. Um, and now you guys are able to facilitate the number of people that God wants to bring through it. And so, yeah. you know, your God, a lot of times we want God to just open up the doors and flood us with people. And it's like, well, if, if he sends you, you know, if your limit is 10, and he sends you 20, you're going to fail all 20 trying to serve them when your limit was 10. Right. And now we're in a season where, you know, we have the, the right leaders in the right seats to be able to facilitate a harvest. And that's why I think God is just doing what he's doing. You yeah. know, it's like we always wanted it. We had to put ourselves in the right position and put the right people in the right seats to have it. You know, and so I think that's also a testament to, you know, leadership. And so yeah. it's it's really, really good. So and and we keep preaching on ridiculous series like, <laughs> provocative series, series sex and subtitles yeah um which by the way people have asked and i wanted to give them an answer uh pastor dan um is going to be closing out the series for us let's go so in two sundays not this sunday but the next right. and so uh my guy he's preaching do you ever think you would preach in a series called sushi sex and subtitles in all your years of pastoring <laughs> Uh, probably not. <laughs> we didn't have sushi back then. <laughs> Y'all weren't eating sushi in Lakeland, Florida, and uh, Winter Haven, Florida. I just got, no just got introduced sushi. to the sushi life by my son and daughter-in-law. You know, uh, no, yeah, it's super uh, provocative. So, I mean, we we got a we have a pastor friend, uh, Pastor Scott, down in down in Lakeland, Free Life Chapel, amazing. He's one of our overseers. Absolute gangster of a pastor, um, but super provocative. Oh, yeah, yeah he's super <clears throat> provocative. And I remember, uh, I remember hearing you know different sermon series he would go through you know ten years ago, and being like, "Whoo!" <laughs> but now I feel like we're getting closer and closer to that line. I'm like, "Well, here we are." So yeah. uh, I don't, I don't, uh, maybe one of his will show up in the future for us. So never know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll break that out. 2024 might be the year, John. We break out one of those series. I've just been waiting for it. Yeah. So <laughs> John knows most. Of, John hears all my series ideas and we, he, sometimes he just looks at me and is like, 
you sure you're going to do that? <laughs> Run them by the father first. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, right. it's like, maybe we can come up with a better series. I'll live with his mom. Please run them by yeah, the yeah, first. Yeah, right. I feel like mom would be the loose cannon. She'd be like, that's right. You call it whatever. That's probably right. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a good series. Um, this past Sunday, we talked about communication. Um, and, uh, you know, we kind of, title this is how we do it and, and how we have healthy relationships how we have healthy marriages is communication you know and if every you know if everything in the business world rises and falls on leadership i think everything in marriages rises and falls on communication um you know i talked to a number of couples in the lobby after the message at each service you know the the 8 30 the 10 and the 11 30 and most of the people that i talk i talk to a lot of young people you know and they're like thank you so much it's super helpful and it's like yeah absolutely you know like you see how it was helpful um, for young couples, but I, it was so interesting the number of older forties, older fifties, and some even in their sixties that were like, I needed to hear that, <laughs> you know? And it's like, cause I think communication is one of those things that it doesn't matter how long you've been married. You, you go through ebbs and flows of being good at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like you go through seasons where your communication is great. And then you go through seasons where, you got to have that sit down again and say, Hey, listen, we're not, we're missing it. Something's missing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know you guys, you're how many years? 17, 17, 42, 42. So, uh, so talk me, you know, I'll, I'll let both of you guys kind of share, but what, you, you know, <clears throat> Rick, what is the 17 years of marriage? What, yeah. how, how have you seen that ebb and flow of communication? Good seasons, not so good seasons show up and, and, you know, how, how have you guys navigated that? personally man that this sunday was such a good message really really good and one of the things that we've learned as a couple that we've had to navigate what is communication because of our personality we are completely totally different personality traits and so um if you're know the disc profile she's a dc and i'm an is and so uh, she's hardcore, no fluff, no nothing. I'm like, Hey, I love people and all this other <laughs> stuff. And so when I communicate, I like to tell stories. I like to give all these illustrations and things like that. And my wife is just like, cut to the chase. I don't need no fluff. Tell me what's the facts. I don't need any opinions and that's it. And so, um, so that's really what we've had to learn in our communication. But for me, one of the things that I struggle with the most in our communication is our, is I'm very sarcastic but I do it out of like humor and, but also love as well. So when you, when you made the comment, your conversations could either help or hurt, right? You're like, mm -hmm. is, it, is this, is this helpful or is this hurtful? And so even, even Saturday, <clears throat> Tiffany was, we we're walking through and I'm like, yo girl, you, you losing weight. It's going great. She's like, yeah, I've lost like 12 pounds and that's awesome. I go first 10 is water weight. And I just, out of nowhere, she gave me this look. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, I was just, be, I'm being dumb, sarcastic, you know? And so, so it's just, so I'm always having to keep in back of my mind is what I'm about to say helpful or is it going to be hurtful? Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, if it's not helpful, it's going to be hurtful. That's right. And when I'm talking to her or even my children too. So we've had to always keep our thumb on the pulse, our finger on the pulse of our relationship when it comes to our communication style. Mm -hmm. And so is it, is it helpful or is it hurtful? So. Yeah, so it's been killer. Yeah, no, that's good. I think that that's you know, I you re, you don't really have relationships with people that your presence is indifferent. Yeah, and that was one thing we tried to get. We were trying to. I was trying to communicate in a number of different ways on Sunday. Is like, you don't. You're not really 
every connection you have with a person, you're either the person they want to answer the phone for or the person they want to ignore. Right. And that's how you communicate with them. You know, so it's like the helpful or hurtful. It's, a, you know, some of the language you use is like you're either healing or you're hurting. Yeah. You know, in all your interactions, you're either healing or you're hurting. You're either the person that's helping them move towards who God wants them to be or you're a person that you're probably building a wall between them and who God wants them to be. Like, right. you know, and being intentional about that. But, uh, you know, what you out of... You know, watching you and mom for the last 35 years, you know, um, I mean, I've seen you guys communicate well, I mean, extremely well, you know, and I think you guys have had great communication, but it wasn't until I got older that you started giving me insight into even ways that you and you and like mom have struggled in the past. And then some, some things you kind of put into practice in your marriage, that kept those communication doors open and not just open, but I think intentional. Whereas like, we're going to make sure that the last, you know, 40 years are better than the first 40 years type of thing. Like, so what does that, what does that look like for you and mom? Well, I mean, you know, she grew up in a home that was touchy, touchy, kissy, kissy, lovey, lovey. I grew up in a home where I didn't see the, we knew dad loved mom and you respected her to the hilt, you know, but I never saw my dad hold my mom's hand. I never heard him say, I love you. He never told us he loved us until he had brain surgery, you know, and then when my dad came out of brain surgery, it was, I love you. And, you know, we watch him getting affectionate with our mom and we're like, don't, you yeah. know, stop, no. you know, no, <laughs> don't get a room, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then when he had called on the phone he, before hanging up, he'd go, I love you, son. And I didn't know how to react. Hmm. You know, we knew he loved us, you know, but he didn't know how to affectionately show us. So I went into a marriage of a woman that was used to it and I didn't know how to give it. Hmm. And so I had to let her teach me and really be open to learn. Wow. And, and it had to become something intentional or I wouldn't do it. And, and it took a while, you know, it took years. Um, you know, we get married three weeks later, we're in the South Bronx, New York and blasting full-time ministry, (laughs) you know, I mean, just blasting away, you know? And, uh, and so I had to really become intentional of that time and, and to make it short and Rick's heard me mention this to him. And I talked to a lot of, when we talked to our team, we've talked to all of them about this. I think one of the keys that has really helped our communication is we call it our 20 minute window. And, uh, and that's each day uh, we're going to create, we have a time that we call our 20 minute window that we talk us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't talk our kids. We love them. We don't talk our grandkids, love them. Um, we don't talk ministry. We didn't talk church. We talked us, you know, how are we doing? What's our date night going to look like Friday night? Where are we going on vacation in the summer? You know, yeah. what's our week look like? Yeah. So and, and we talk us, but we both know during that week, both of us are going to have the opportunity that I'm going to ask her not every day. Well, that could be rough on a marriage, but <laughs> once a week, yeah. I'm going to ask her, what am I doing good? And where, where can, where can I do better? Yeah. And she knows that question is going to come to me also. And we give each other a safe place that we can bring up a negative and it's not an attack. Yeah. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm working on some books. Now we're doing podcasts. And so I have my iPad right next to me, you know, on the love seat. And this was months ago um, because she's always on the other side of love seat. In the evening time, that's our time. We put our phone down and uh, just a thought hit me. 
you know, and so I grab my iPad and I'm doing this, you know, and I noticed she got up and went and laid down on the sofa and I'm, I got through with my thought and I put her down. I said, why'd you go over there? And she said, I don't want to share you with your girlfriend. And uh, <laughs> My iPad, she calls my girlfriend, you know, and so I'm with her all the time, you yeah. know, and, uh, but it was that, but that gave a safe place, you yeah. know, that we, we, uh, we've always given each other intentionally we set that what we call our 20 minute window aside to just talk us, talk life, talk mm-hmm. where we want to be, where, where we want to be five years from now, you know, and we, we give each other that window to say, here's what you could do better. You know, you're falling back into a rut or a routine that wasn't healthy or, you know, but yeah. here's what you're doing good. You wash the dishes for me. Thank you for doing that. Or, yeah. you know, and so that's created a, an intentional uh, place for us to, to talk. Yeah. No, that's really, really good. Um, you know, one of the things is you, you constantly, you kind of ingrained into me early on in my, in my marriage, um, was a phrase and I, and I teach it to, I, every time I'm, I do, I do premarital counseling now with young couples in our church. And, and one of the things I, I tell them constantly, um, is the same thing you told me when I got married, which is like, start how you want to finish. So if like, if you want to finish, you know, if, if at the end of your marriage, you want to be having date nights and you want to be prioritizing, you know, and you want to be having conversation you want to be having all those things, you start your marriage that way so that, you know, you'll end it that way. Um, cause for so many people, I think it's like, well, when we get through this season, then we'll, and it's like, but there's always another one of those right. seasons, dude. It's like, there's, when it's not this season, it's like church world, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, when it's not Easter, it's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, reframe when it's not reframe, <laughs> it's Christmas when it's not, you know, it's like, you know, there's just, there's always something else around the corner, you know, when it's not your degree that you're trying to get, um, it's your you know, the first job, it's not the first job, it's further in the career. When it's not that it's the kids when it's not, when it's, you know, once you have the kids and it's getting the kids in school, then it's them getting their degree. Then it's, it's like, dude, that just never stops. And so you have to, you know, one of the things you always taught me is like, you just have to prioritize, you know, start how you want to finish. So you make it a priority. This is what we're going to do. And we're not going to apologize for it. And I think one of the things that you really helped me out with, I know, and I think you probably helped the whole staff out with, you know, since you're, you know, over the leadership development component for them and health for our whole staff is um, being unapologetic for that. You know, I think you, you have admitted I didn't necessarily see it, but you have admitted the ways in which you let ministry take priority over marriage. And, and I think for people that's listening and maybe it's not ministry, maybe it is, but maybe it's not ministry, maybe it's business or school or even kids or whatever, how those things can take priority over your marriage um, and how you have to put your marriage, other than your relationship with the Lord, your marriage is the most right. important thing. Yeah, I, I did not at first. And, you know, thankfully, my pastor in New York pulled me aside and said, you're doing a great job. You're winning so many people to Jesus. You're mentoring and all this, and you're going to lose your marriage in the process. Mm. And he set me down, and this is the guy I'm working for. Yeah. And he said, you're here too much, you know. <laughs> and and he set me down and helped me establish boundaries. And, and from that day on, I really, I'm not going to say I did it all right. Yeah. But uh, we really, you know, when we had our children, you guys, you yeah. and Natalie, um, I mean, it wasn't a week later. We're back on Friday night date. Somebody's got our watching our baby. That's you know, right. world doesn't shut down. That's She's right. still my queen. Yeah. And now she can't become just a mom and a housewife. She's still got to be treated like a wife. So important. And, you know, and, um, and so I, I think 
you know, us men, when we hear the word communication, we're immediately thinking talk, 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 which we're not good at. You know, <laughs> women are great talkers and men are poor listeners. And uh, we have to be honest with that. And, uh, you know, I, I love there's TD. so many words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, they talk too much. I'm, so. I'm opening up with that on my message on that Sunday. You know, I love T.D. Jake's sermon. He goes, or his uh, saying, he goes, uh, women talk in straight, uh, men talk in straight lines and women talk in circles. That's right. You yeah. know, it takes them 40 years to do a 11-day journey. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know your mom's oh, that man. way, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, um, yeah. you know, we, we think it's communications talk. But I've learned in 42 years of marriage, communication is touch. Mm -hmm. Communication is a lot, the flirting, that all those things that we do, that when we do talk, they know we're talking out of a deep love for them, not out of a, a dictatorship or command to them. You know, that um, even when, you know, we all know that uh, your mom went through a really difficult time. You know, with this mental journey that she went on, thank God he's brought her back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but for a year and a half, man, we were on a journey of mental health. And in that journey, I, I made it very intentional, you know, to because she didn't know how to receive. And this this can kind of maybe I don't want to cross the line here, but if you're talking sex I, issues I, and, and, and I mean, subtitles, I mean, personally, but I think it's fine. For yeah, the audience. but yeah, <laughs> you're but, you know, I made a commitment that I would not try to be physical with my wife during that season because I felt like I would be abusing her. Mm. that I would literally be molesting her in a season that she didn't understand what physical affection was she at that was moment to that level yeah. that, but I made sure that because we built our, our intimacy and in our relationship is start how you want to end. Yeah. And you know that we've built our intimacy in our relationship as much on the flirting, the touching, the hugging, the holding hands that looks good on you. You look really pretty in that, you know, a rub of the arm, things of those things. That's communication that we as men have to really yeah. learn that if we want to end like we, we want to start like we want to end is those things are so important. And I think, I know I had to become really, I had to work yeah. on being intentional with that because I can come in and not do any of it yeah. because of the way I was raised, mm -hmm. but becoming intentional in that. So I think really um, being intentional on the, the, the non-bedroom intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. Is a key to to men really being able to commute communicate with our wife and then wanting to hear what we have to say. Yeah, that's so good because I think you know one of the things you said that I think is just so important too, you know, and Rick, I'd love your input on this as well. The you know you said after mom had me and Natalie, you know, I mean it was a, a week later you were back to Friday night date nights. Um, and I grew up, you know, there's a lot of couples out there. It's like, well, we can't do date night because we have the kids. And it's like, get a stinking babysitter mm -hmm. because your kids need to see you prioritize each other. Right. Your kids are going to duplicate the marriage they see. Yeah. So if they see that the marriage takes a backseat to everything, they're going to grow up to have a marriage that takes a backseat to everything. And so it's like one of those things where your kids, we have to, you know, parents, you need to raise your kids. You need to let your kids see the type of marriage you want them to have. Right. Yeah. I know your years are 15 now, right? 14. They'll be 15 this year. Okay. If they'll be 15 this year, yeah. you know, and I'm curious how you can kind of navigate that you and Tiff navigate that type of that conversation about, you know, prioritizing each other, you know, to, so that your kids can, you know, and the, the kids can see the, the type of marriage you want them to have versus, right. you know, 
leaving it the chance. Right. So, so for us, we're kind of unique in a situation that we adopted our kids. Uh, they were seven. So the moment that they came into our house, I set precedence then. I was like, hey, guys, listen, your mom's your mom was first. Your mom would be last. So she was here before you. She'll be here after you because you guys are going to go and do your own life. So she will always be first in my life. It's Jesus, your mama, then then you. Yeah. And so um, so so we kind of had that talk in the very beginning. And so and then from there, um, I'm still not the best at it. Tiffany, when I joined uh, the staff here at TC, I feel like. I got a breath of fresh air and I became the leader or I started to become the leader that I was years ago. Mm. Um, I was in, I was in a season to where I wasn't believing in myself and different things like that. And so, so I was kind of lethargical in my leadership, but then mm. when I got here, it was like a breath of fresh air. Now I started hitting the ground running and Tiffany had to sit me down one day and she goes, we need to have a conversation. And this, this was during our 20 minute talk, you know? And so she goes, you're turning into old Rick. And I'm like, hold up, what does that, what does that mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> and um, and she goes, you, you love being here. You love Pastor Brad. You love his leadership. You love where the church is going. And so now your ambition is taking over. And so I'm becoming a back seat. And I, I see that taking place, us and the children. Yeah. And she said, um, so I mean, just flat out, she goes, you will be a good husband. And you will be a good father. I love this church and I know you love this church, but yet we will not become second and third to yeah. the church. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. Got yeah, it. 10-4, right, right. you know? And yeah, so, yeah. um, and so then from there we've had to really prioritize. So for us, what we tried to do is that we do a lunch date every Wednesday is our standalone lunch date. Nice. Um, and then on Sunday evenings, since the kids go to Bible study, then we take that time and we'll go hang out and do a Beautiful. date night there. Yeah. Um, but I try to tell couples now when, when we talk about babysitters and stuff like that, I'm like, guys, do me a favor, either pay for a babysitter now, or you may be paying for a divorce lawyer later. That's and right. so which one is the cheapest? And I promise you this, that babysitter mm -hmm. is, is going to be cheaper than a, a divorce lawyer. So, <laughs> That's right. Um, so yeah. So, so we establish a routine for us. So yeah. Wednesday, Wednesdays are our lunch. And then, uh, Friday nights are family night and then uh, Sunday nights are our date night. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's intentionality is what's key yeah. with that. You know, it's like I mean, we said it last week, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before, you know, it's like you have to trade spontaneity for intentionality. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're if you're anticipating that you're going to use spontaneity and be spontaneous and that's just going to naturally get where you want it to go. It's like, brother no ship ever got to the dock on accident. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Like, so right. if, you, if, you, if that's how you want that to go, that's not going to go that way. You have to be intentional um, about it. And so just trying to make sure that it gets that way. And that's what, you know, and, and I think even for all of us, I think ministry is even harder because it's easy to say what I do for the church is what I do for the Lord. Right. And to try to, and, and to unintentionally let the priority creep to the top where the church becomes first right. and your family becomes second right. because God is first. And it's like, yeah, God is your relationship with God is first, but what you're doing for God isn't first, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like your relationship with God is first, then your wife, then your kids, then your purpose, you know, like in, in that can be your career yeah. serving, whatever, however that works out for you. But, um, and so those, I think we've all, you know, John's on here too. He's been with us for, you mean, man, what are you on? You're five right now. You're five. You're five Woo! with us too. Wild. And I think, I think even, I think, him and Savannah, you guys have found your own ebb and flow with your cadence and 
your job. Yeah, no, it wasn't easy. Yeah. Like this, the, it was extremely difficult, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to be really intentional about making sure that there are times where you're spending together and there are times where you're working. Yeah. Right. And, you, you know, um, not that you asked or, um, you know, going into like a lot of detail, but we've been married for 12 years and there have been times, especially in the last two years, that... I have to, I have to see her and know that she's changing mm -hmm. constantly, Yeah, you know, and like, I have to acknowledge it. I have to say, all right, well, if, if, is this who you are now? And if it is, it's, I'm, I'm, yeah. I want to still love every part that you are. Um, but I have to make those, those moments intentional. And if you mix in work and everything else, it's like, if you, if you let that go too long, then you're, yeah. you're, you're not, you're nowhere near where you need to be in your marriage again. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's. Being intentional about all of that is is difficult. Yeah, but it's it's like y'all are saying it's best in the long run. So yeah, to make yeah. those priorities. Yeah, it's so funny. After the message from two weeks ago, I was talking with Robbie, uh, and one <laughs> and one of the one of the things me and him were talking about is like it's so interesting because we were talking about how men have to learn to love the women that that their wives are becoming. Right. Mm -hmm. um, right. And, uh, and, and he said a phrase that kind of like set an emotion, a thought for me. I was like, man, that's so true. Cause husbands have to learn to love the wives, love the women that their wives are becoming. And wives have to learn to love the men that their husbands will always be. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> so every woman goes into a marriage thinking she's going to change her man. Right. And that dude is going to be the same for the next right. 50 years. He yeah. is not changing. Right. And right. every mm -hmm. husband who marries a wife, he thinks is always going to stay the same. And she's changing for the next 50 years. She's right. not going to be the same. And so that uh, duality of, of expecting one to change that never will and expecting one to stay the same that never will. Yeah. And so having to like wrestle out that that conversation that's probably going to show up this coming up Sunday in, uh, in a conversation, you know, in, in some of the message portions, but yeah, so it's just so interesting to me that that's the reality we have to deal with. Um, and because the reason I say that this past Sunday, we talked about, um, you know, a number of different things and we want to encourage you guys to go back and check out the message. But at the end of the day, you know, we talked about how everyone has a distorted reality yeah. that they view life through. And because of that, communication can just be hard. Um, and so we, we hit on a number of things, uh, different ways that people are, you know, they're dealing with insecurities, they're dealing with, you know, isolation, they're dealing with damage, baggage, um, and all of those impact how we see our relationship, all of those impact how we see our marriage, and they all impact how we interact with our marriage with our spouses. Um, and so because of those things, we truly do have to get very intentional with how we communicate. And when we wrapped up the sermon, one of the things we really tried to bring a home to was this idea of healing, um, where, you know, we can use our words, you know, the, the, and the, the tongue holds the, the power of life and death. Right. And so, um, you know, we can speak life, we can speak death and that we just need to get intentional about healing the environments that we're in and, and speaking life and using communication to understand our, our spouse's needs, to see through uh, their lens, to forgive, you know, and communication helps all of those things be possible. But just like we said earlier, you know, you know, no ship ends up at the dock on accident. Right. You know, I mean, you have to drive it that way. You have to, you know, take it, direct it that way. You have to steer it that way. And communication is the rudder of relationships. So how you communicate is going to dictate the journey that you go on. And if you have no communication, then you have no rudder. 
which means the sea, the seas and the storms and the winds are the only thing driving your ship. And man, can you imagine having a marriage where nothing but the storms are dictating its direction? Like what a disaster. So, um, so we want to encourage everybody out there, be intentional about communication, be intentional about your marriages, be intentional about your relationships and be intentional about cultivating healing in your conversations. Um, because when you give people the ability to heal, you also are driving intimacy as well because those connections are so important. So, uh, shout out to Pastor Dan being on the podcast. Thanks for great to be here. Pastor Rick. Yeah, absolutely. uh, John as always. And so thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you want more information about the church, you can go to transformationchurch.com. You can also go check us out uh, on social media, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, whatever else run the gambit at transformation <laughs> Pensacola. Uh, and so you can check out all the, the stuff that's popping off and happening. We got some cool things coming up uh, as we get ready to wrap up the last two weeks of sushi sex and subtitles. Uh, there may or may not be can't make any promises. Cause I'm still trying to just still trying to lock this down oh, right God. now. There may be a special guest joining me in the message on Sunday. We'll have to see what happens with that. So that's all I can give you. We'll catch you guys next week for another message. Or I'm sorry, another week, another sermon, another recap uh, podcast. Later.